everybody to the a little less fear podcast i am your host for the show dr lino martinez this recording session is going to be about my friend david david bobadilla he passed away this week and uh he was one of my best friends um i'm gonna tell you why he was one of my best friends and why he meant so much to me and how he lit me up. I also want to make this podcast as real and raw as possible because that's how he would have wanted me to be. He would always want me to be myself and um, being around him was like no other. He was is forever alive his soul his spirit his energy will forever be around and um i want to start by reading a letter to him it's called dear david dear david i'm writing you this letter because it's for the better your friendship lit me up and now i hold your eternal light in my heart with your light, I give you my full attention and I salute you, soldier, for doing your best. I'm writing you this letter so that you can feel me in every avenue way of expression. I will love you forever and the space that's left without your bodily presence creates a greater understanding on why you had to go. You are a universal soldier. So, um, the way I want to do this podcast is to talk to David and um, really, really talk to his soul, welcome him here in front of me, create a space for him so that I can be as sincere as I can. And I will start that by lighting a joint. I'm not a chronic smoker. I do smoke. And when I used to smoke with David, we would we would light it up. So David, this is for you. I rolled a doobie for you, buddy. I rolled a doobie for us. So let's um, let's get some energy here so that I can welcome you and bring your light to life because you lit me up, and it was really your light that helped me. Cheers to you. Here it goes. Yep, it's a good one, nice and smooth. So let me tell you a little bit about David Bobadilla. David Bobadilla was uh, one of the funnest friends I've ever had. When we first met about 15 years ago, I was female identified back then, and he was a DJ, DJ Future Rez. That was his name, DJ Future Rez. And I think he's still Future Rez on Instagram too. You guys can look him up at Future underscore Rez, I believe. 
So I met him at my cousin's wedding shower, I believe. And he was DJing. I think he was DJing songs from the 90s, if I'm not mistaken. And people were dancing, having a good time. And I saw this cutie pie. He was sitting there spinning with a great smile, huge smile, great posture, just really loving his job. So I went up to him and I was like, hi. And he goes, hey. And like right away, he was just so welcoming. And it's like <laughs> he he welcomed me in his space. He asked me who I was, what was going on, where I lived. And he said, oh, my God, I live in the same city. And we just clicked. After that, um, he got my number and we started hanging out and he would take me to his clubs. He's like, I'm taking you here, girl. I'm taking you here. So he would be taking me all over Pomona, all over um, West Hollywood, taking me out to boys club, boys nights. And um, yeah, he was gay. He was happily gay. And the funniest, the funniest thing is that I stereotyped him at first. I didn't think he was gay because he came across very masculine. He was in the Marine Corps and he had like the Marine haircut. And um, when he first, first met you, he was kind of like, hey, what's up? Like, what up? Like extra masculine, which was kind of, kind of just funny because the minute he started partying or drinking, that's when it all came out. All the super duper flamboyant, happy, happily, happy, hyper David. So um, <laughs> that's how we met. We met at one of my cousin's parties and he was DJing. And then I discovered that he loved Madonna as much as I did. So we would talk about Madonna all the time. He would even quiz me about Madonna. Like, hey, do you know blah, blah, blah? Or have you heard this blah, blah, blah? Or I bet you never blah, blah, blah. So it was like, yeah, I have. Yeah, I've heard that one. Yeah, I've seen that. And we would finish each other's sentences off if we were singing like a Madonna song or finish the lyric off or whatever. We would just, we were always on this high vibrant frequency. And it was always just dance, talk about the good times, enjoy life, let your energy out, be who you are. And then that, that always lit me up. I have this very fond memory, um, <laughs> kind of, it's embarrassing to say it live because this really isn't true to my personality these days, but apparently this was me back when I was about 28 years old and with a really bad heartbreak. So um, I had this girlfriend who broke my heart and we broke, after we broke up, I was really down and out for a long time. And he, um, he was around my, around my apartment at the time. So he drove by, he locked, he knocks at my door and he's like, get your ass up, get your ass up. We're going to, we're going to go out to the Abbey. The Abbey is this, um, it's a gay club in Hollywood on Santa Monica Boulevard and Robertson, if I believe. So if I haven't been there so long, but this is making me want to want to go again to just remember this, these awesome times that I had with David. Anyways, so he said, get your ass up and get your ass up. We're going to the Abbey. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to go. I'm not feeling good. I'd rather sleep. And he goes, no, no, uh, oh, hell no. So he just like, get up, get up, get up. So I'm getting up and I'm getting ready and, and we're driving. He's like, well, what, why are you feeling so down? So while we were driving, um, he was asking me why I was feeling, what was making me feel so down at the time. And it was really just my heartbreak. And I felt like I was never going to get a girl again. And I said, and I thought it wasn't attractive and all this stuff. And he's like, oh, hell no, you're beautiful, blah, blah, blah. You're going to get someone, you're going to make out with someone tonight. And I just, I didn't, uh, I just went with it. I said, okay, cool. So we're driving and talking about, um, what just how my life was going to change because I was going to be a happier person from now on so we were in line and while we were in line to get into the abbey um 
there was this beautiful woman sitting in a circle with these beautiful gay men. It's like just beautiful people. And I don't remember specifically what she looked like since it's been about, wow, 12, 13 years. But from what I remember, she was probably in her late forties and um, she had a tiny little like top, but very classy at the same time. A lot of jewelry, nice jewelry, nice heels, jeans. And she had like a short, short hair and it was kind of messy and it had a really good style. And she was in between maybe about five or six gay, gorgeous men as well. But she stood out, she stood out in that circle and I saw her. And the minute I walked in, I was like, wow, she's hot. And then David's like, oh, hell yeah, that's the girl. That's the one you're gonna make out with, just go up to her. And I was like, what? I said, no way, what are you talking about? He goes, you're gonna go up to her and you're gonna tell her exactly what you tell me that, that she looks good and that you wanna kiss her. And I said, what? I don't know about all that. And he's like, this is gonna make you feel better, trust me. So I, <laughs> I guess I got the, the guts to do it. And I just went up to her, straight up to her. And I said, um, I think you're really beautiful. You're the first thing I saw when first person, first image that appeared in my eye when I walked in and I really want to kiss you. Is that okay? And she, she looked at me and all, the gay, and all the gay men were like, oh, hell yeah. Oh my God. They were all <laughs> super excited about it. And she said, well, I've never kissed a girl before, but and then I was like, what? Are you serious? And she said, yeah. And then they're like, go ahead, do it. Oh my God. So she was like, I'll kiss you. And I was, and at that moment I said, oh, hell yeah. So we made out, we kissed. And then that was it. I backed away and I looked at David and he gave me five, like a, like a high five down below. And then he goes, I told you shit, we're going to have a good ass time tonight. And we probably got drunk <laughs> and we danced all night. And I'll always remember that because I started feeling not depressed anymore after that like, even though it was just something that was spur spur of the moment and I didn't hold on to it. I didn't even get that girl's number I don't even know her name but we, it's just basically he knew how to wake me up get me up and make me feel better and when he knew and, and saw me happy and smiling again he lit up he was happy he was dancing all night and he just wanted to make sure that I was going to be okay and that's the kind of guy that David was I have so many other stories, but I just, you know, so little time here with this podcast, but that's one that, that I always remember because it was just like him to put all his energy in to make sure that you were okay. And that's what made him one of my best friends. Um, when, when I became ill and I was in the hospital, I lost my urinary bladder because of a rare genetic disease I have called Muckle-Well syndrome. And I uh, basically, the muscles in my pelvic area stopped working and my bladder started to harden and it shrunk and I wasn't able to pee anymore like a, like a normal person pees. Um, after 15 something surgeries at the time, it wasn't saving my bladder and I had to unfortunately have it removed forever. And removing my urinary bladder was very devastating for me. I'd rather talk about this in a different segment when I'm not talking about David, but but this this is also a very fond memory of him. Um, he had also had a similar accident where he was at work years ago and he had punctured his um, intestine on a fall and some kind of accident, a really bad accident. And he knew what it felt like to have your intestines cut and 
and have tubes in your nose and tubes coming out of your guts. So right away, he sympathized with me and he told me his story. And he was the only person that I felt at the time that could understand the pain that I was going through. He visited me at UCLA. I was there for about 17 days and he came about a week later with his ex-boyfriend and um, he came with a sock puppet kit and he hung out for hours. He was there with me. They were both there with me for, geez, maybe about five hours. And I think we had it on Saturday Night Live and we were just making sock puppets, laughing, having a good time. And he always had this special way of looking at me when he saw my smile. It's like he did his job type like yeah okay good I'm you're making you smile I'm glad I did this and again that's what made him one of my best friends when um when my mother had cancer she's alive she battled through it I'm very grateful for it I went through a lot emotionally and he loved my mom him and my mom got along like two two fish swimming together in, in, in an infinite ocean. Like they could talk for hours. They just, they really clicked. And uh, when he found out that she had cancer, he was so sad. And he says, I'm gonna be praying for her. Oh my God, I'm praying for your mom. I'm lighting candles. I'm praying for your mom. And he's like, everything's gonna be okay. Your mom's gonna be okay. She's got personality. Like she ain't giving up, uh-uh. And like everything he told me, he was right. My mom didn't give up. She's got a spunky personality. She's still here. And um, again, he was there and that's what made him my best friend. So with these small memories, um, big memories actually, but I mean my small amount of sharing, I just want to tell you, David, as if you were, as if this was my last goodbye to you in person, thank you so much for being one of my best friends. You helped me in this life so much tremendously. And wherever your soul is right now, just know that your life mission was completed. And at least by me, you've got that approval because you were always there to support me with my play. You were there, you were even gonna be an extra. You memorized lines. You were there for hours and hours. You, you were just, you were there. And I owe you a forever recognition for not only being a Marine, just really showing what a true soldier, a friend, a friend is a true soldier. And you proved it in every which way I know addiction was hard for you. I know alcoholism was hard and it's, it's, I forgive you because you are just a light that will forever shine in my life. Um, I want you to know that I have got candles lighting for you every night. I'm gonna do a poet ceremony to make sure you go into the pure land because I don't think you wanna come back to this life, right? Do you? And if you do come back to this life, if you have a rebirth, I hope to bump into your energy again in the future. Um, I also want you, want to tell you, I, since I didn't get to say goodbye to you, 
that this is not a goodbye. This is an I love you. This is um, I salute you. And I'd like to give you a round of applause for doing your best in this life. You worked hard. You were an incredible son to your mother, incredible brother. You worked your ass off. And um, you did your best. And you've inspired me. I will continue to do my best. And I will continue to be Lino and to shine as bright as you shined for me. You taught me that. I love you, David. We'll see each other again someday. I hope so.